All right. I will admit I'm super excited that God is going to speak to us. I know that he will. So if you have your Bibles, before we go to prayer, stand up and tell the person, hey, and you're glad you're, they're here. All right, beautiful. Before you sit down, stand back up. Keep your Bibles held high. Amen. And I ask that you pray with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you, God, for all that you do. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth in it, Father. Uh, Lord, please forgive me of all my sins. Open up your word. Uh, You speak, Father. Allow us to understand you and uh, the help that you offer. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so if you would turn to... Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. All right, so this morning we're going to look at the life of Joseph. All right? And I know Pastor Mike has talked about it before, about how God gives you direction whenever you're preparing a sermon. And I won't go into details, but there were some different things that happened in the preparation of this, and God's just good at at doing that kind of stuff. But God's prepared something for us, and look at the life of Joseph. And this is an amazing story that has plenty of twists and turns in it, all right? And we'll see how God blesses Joseph in some really incredible ways. He ends up becoming the second most powerful man in Egypt. God blesses this man with sons and even names his second son, um, based off the meaning of being fruitful. So we see God blessing him, but we'll also see where this man went through a lot of twists and turns in his life, a lot of ups and downs in your life, in his life. And so we'll look at that, and we're going to learn and see how God is always working and doing some amazing things in this man's life. Now, before we start, I'll just make a confession to you. There was a time in my life to where I wouldn't know how to connect to people in the Bible. I would look at people in the Bible and say, man, that's so-and-so. That couldn't be me. But listen, Joseph was a real human being, okay? This is a real story that a real human went through, okay? So take that mindset. Maybe it was just me, but I used to have a hard time connecting because they were people in the Bible. But this is a true story, and we'll see how God blesses him. We'll start in chapter 37. We'll start verses 1 through 5. It says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. Verse 2. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad with the sons of Belhi and with the sons of Zelpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet 
the more. So we see in verse number two, we see Joseph working with his brothers. Not only working with his brothers, Joseph goes on to tell his father um, a, to give a bad report on his brothers. All right. Now, verse three clearly states that Joseph was the favorite son. All right. Even had a special coat that was made for him. And then we go into verse four and we see that the brothers hate him. Okay. They hated him. So we see that Joseph is the father's favorite, but Joseph is the enemy to his brothers. In his brother's eyes, Joseph's an enemy. And to make matters worse, Joseph begins to talk about his dreams and where one day he would rule over his entire family. Make things worse. So they already didn't like him. Now he's stating this dream that, hey, I'm going to rule over the entire family. And so we see that the envy and the hatred that was simmering in the hearts of his brothers, it had gotten to that point that it was bullying and it was about to bust. They had the envy, they had the hatred, which leads us on to Joseph's first incident where he was rejected, Right? How many people in here like to be rejected? So we'll go ahead and let's play a game. If you like to be rejected, please raise your hand. Right? So nobody likes to be rejected. So now Joseph is hated by his brothers, and they are plotting all these things to get their revenge, and then they actually thought about killing Joseph. Okay? And we see in this story where Reuben and Judah step in, and instead of killing him, they throw him in a pit, and they plan to sell him off as a slave. So we see Joseph being rejected. Nobody likes to be rejected. Nobody likes to have that feeling of rejection. And we see something that really just amazes me. Look at verse 25. So the, the brothers have planned to kill Joseph. Somebody intervenes and they throw him into a pit. They plan to sell him off. And while he's in the pit, look at verse 25. And they sat down to eat bread and lifted up their eyes and looked. So they were starting to, the brothers were starting to have a meal after throwing their brother in the pit and planning to sell him off as a slave. It's pretty crazy. That's extreme rejection. But we see that eventually they sold him off to the merchants who in turn sold him to Egypt. And we see because of his brother's rejection, his brother's betrayal, Joseph had now, who was the favorite son, Joseph had now lost all of his rights and now was a slave. So we see him being rejected. And nobody likes that rejection. Nobody likes to have that feeling of rejection. Looking at the pain, the loneliness that this young man went through, I mean, he was in the hands of slave traders. It wasn't like he was on this great vacation. 
He was in the hands of slave traders. God, however, was with Joseph and gave him favor. Look at chapter 39, verse number four. We see that and Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put into his hands. So we see that although Joseph was rejected, although Joseph was betrayed, we still see God showing favor to Joseph. God always still being with Joseph. And Potiphar begins to see this unique faith and this unique wisdom and skills that this young boy possessed. There was something about him. And God was always with him. Now, you see that status change. He went from the favorite son to being the favorite slave. Although he changed his status, God was still with him. And then now Potiphar puts Joseph in charge of his entire house. And then if we read verses five and six in chapter 39, we see that God in turn blessed Potiphar's household in abundance because of Joseph. Look at this in verse five. And it came to pass from the time that he had seen him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not all he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. This is amazing. Understand that God was blessing other people through Joseph. So through Joseph's rejection, Joseph being portrayed, God still had his hand and was still working in Joseph's life, showed him favor, and in return, blessed other people. Listen. The things that you go through in life, those curves, those bumps, those hills. Listen, God can still bless people through your circumstance. As we see it in this story. So we see Joseph, his status is moving from son to slave to now this executive being in charge, but each time his status moved, God still was with him. As a son, it was great. As a slave, it was great. As an executive, it was great. God was still with him. God made him fruitful through rejection. God can make you fruitful through rejection. And maybe your circumstance isn't just like Joseph's. But I'm here to tell you that our God is still the same God. So if God was with Joseph, 
and you're a child of God who has put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he still can produce fruitful acts in your life even if you're rejected. Even if you're on that hill, you're in that valley, you're going through that bumpy road. Nobody likes rejection, and rejection is always painful. But imagine when that blow of rejection comes from someone that you loved or someone that you had helped. This was his brothers. That was a pain. And maybe today or maybe in the future, maybe you have went through rejection right now. We, we see rejection sometimes in marriage, in relationships, in your workplace, through friends, through family, whatever it is. Understand that we sometimes get to that point. I've heard this saying before when someone is just at their ends. They say, I have no more tears to cry. Understand that no matter how bad or how hard that circumstance or that rejection is, understand that God still can make you fruitful in that time, just like he did Joseph. And what I think is really interesting is when Joseph was sold off, Think about all those skills that Joseph developed while he was at Potiphar's house. These were things that he would need later on in his life whenever he was rescuing Egypt. Understand that God can teach us valuable lessons and skills that we may need in the future through our rejection, through our circumstance. So we see that he was rejected. Now we see him being falsely accused. This is in chapter 39, verses 6 through 7. It says, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not all he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. Understand this, we see that Joseph was a goodly person and was well-favored. That did not mean that he would not face temptations in his life. You can be doing everything right and trying, and temptations will still come your way, okay? So we see this in verse 7, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. So we see that now Joseph begins to prosper in that household. But now this new and very serious challenge was building up. Potiphar's wife began to be attracted to Joseph. And so now Joseph was soon facing this circumstance, this trial, this incident. And eventually we see that she had actually thought she had trapped him into a situation. Look at verses 11 and 12. In chapter 39, and it says, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there with him. And she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. So we see in this that she thinks that she has him cornered. She has him in a predicament. What does Joseph do? Joseph flees. 
Joseph runs. No matter what your circumstance is, it gives us no reason to disobey God. Temptations will come your way. Temptations will be right in front of you. And when you see that, flee from it. Resist the devil and he will what? He will flee from you. So you resist that. And Joseph resisted that. Now it gets a little spicier because now she's trying to seek revenge on him because, hey, he said no. She makes this false accusation and now has Joseph unjustly thrown into prison. Man, Joseph's really having a, he's having a bad little stretch there, ain't he? Understand that when someone falsely accuses you, it hurts, right? It cuts deep. And the fact is that when somebody falsely accuses you, you know that it's false. So when you know that it's not true, it bothers you. And what's sad about today is because of technology is fake false news about people or individuals spread so fast. Can I just say this? All right. And um, my wife used to get really mad at me about this, but I have got a whole lot better at this in life. But let me tell you, there was a time in my life I wasn't necessarily so nice, okay? And so if somebody would come to me and they would begin to talk nonsense, I would walk out of that conversation mid-conversation. And Cena would say, why did you leave me? I said, I'm not listening to that nonsense. I don't have time for that. Understand this. Sometimes you may hear stuff through the grapevine. It's not your business to tell nobody. You might, hey, did you hear about that? No, no, stop it. This whole thing traveling through the grapevine, just stop it. Even if you know that it's true, it still might not be your business to share it. Okay? So we see this, him being falsely accused. And sometimes if we spread lies, then we're falsely accusing. If we too spread lies. So we see Joseph is really having a pretty unique, bumpy, curvy life right now, right? And maybe some of y'all can relate to this. Not necessarily the things that he's going through, but maybe a bumpy, curvy life. Now, it really comes down to this. How we handle these things, it will determine how fruitful we are. All right. So we don't find Joseph doing a whole lot of grumbling or complaining. Instead, we see that he's trusting in the Lord. And the Bible tells us that the Lord was with Joseph and made him fruitful during his affliction. And we can see that. In verses 20 and 21 of chapter 39, and Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But what? The Lord, in verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph 
and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So no matter what was going on in Joseph's life, we see the consistent, constant thing of God being with him. And we can apply that to us today. The Bible says that he would never leave us nor forsake us. So if we're a child of God, we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then that means that God is always with us no matter what. That's what we have. So we see his status changing from son to slave to an executive, and now he's a prisoner. But in all of that, God was with him and God was showing favor. So we see him in all these circumstances rejected. We see him being falsely accused. And now we see him being forgotten. That's a bad feeling, too when you feel like you're forgotten. Life's busy sometimes and we forget people, we forget things and having that feeling of someone forgot about you is a, is a hard feeling. So the story continues in chapter 40. And we see in chapter 40, verses one through three, we see that the king's cupbearer and the chief baker were thrown now into the same prison as Joseph. And now Joseph is in charge of them. He's been assigned to them. And then we see sometime later, they both had dreams. And when they were troubled over those dreams, they went to Joseph and he interpreted those dreams. And the result of that was the chief cupbearer was restored back to his position, and now the chief baker was executed, just like Joseph said. And now let's look at verses in chapter 40, verses 14 and 15. This right here, we see Joseph pleading with the chief cupbearer to speak to the king on his behalf. Once he is released, hey, I need you to speak up for my behalf. Talk for me. Go to the king. Verse 14, but think on me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness, I pray thee unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And there also have I done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. So Joseph had helped them out. So now Joseph says, hey, listen, when you get out, go to the king on my behalf and tell him, hey, I'm innocent. I was stolen. I was put away. Go speak for me. But what's sad is look at verse 23 of chapter 40. It says, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. And Joseph was like, hey, man, when you get out, talk to the king. And I'm sure, yeah, sure, man, I'll get. Then it went on and, man, it says that the chief butler remembered Joseph not. He didn't remember him. He was forgotten. And it's sad that he didn't remember Joseph. He forgot him. But in fact, this forgetfulness lasted two long years. However, 
Joseph was learning to be fruitful through the affliction of being forgotten. Joseph was forgotten. And it took two years before he remembered. But still, in that state of being forgotten, God was still with Joseph and God was still teaching Joseph things. God was still teaching him and he was learning things. So understand, if you're in that moment of being forgotten, hey, first of all, God hadn't forgot you. Your circumstances might seem like, hey, everybody else, but God has not forgotten you. Look what God's doing. See what God's doing. He was doing in Joseph's life. He can do it in yours. A lot of us sometimes feel that way and we put in efforts and we put in hard work or maybe somebody made a promise. They've forgotten it or didn't honor that. Maybe you've been at work and you've been putting in the hours and all these things were made and you feel like you've been forgotten. Maybe you've been forgotten by some of your family members. You used to be close. It doesn't matter what. God is still there and God is still working and God will teach you how to be fruitful even in the state of being forgotten. Just like he did for Joseph. Now understand, God has this amazing plan for our lives. We have a mindset of going from point A to point B and how we should do it. That's not always the way God does it. But in those times of waiting, in those times of circumstance, understand that God is still with you. And I'll tell you, one of the craziest thoughts sometimes you can have is you have this thought or you feel the way, hey, the Lord must have forgotten me. You are going through these things and you think, Lord, you have mu- you've got to forgotten me. I don't understand. Why would you do this to me? Understand, be patient, keep trusting, and the Lord will lift you up at the right exact time. If you see this whole story of Joseph, the ups and downs, the ups and downs, God was still with him. He will never forget you. So we fast forward a little bit. Pharaoh now has a couple of bad dreams. This takes us into chapter 41. We see that Pharaoh has a, a, two, a couple bad dreams. And this was two years later. No wise men around him could interpret the dreams. Now, all of a sudden, the chief cupbearer's memory came alive. Oh, hey, wait, I think I know somebody. Hey, Joseph, two long years of being forgotten. Do you know that God was still doing something in Joseph's life, preparing him for that moment? He remembered and said, hey, king, there's this man, Joseph, and he can interpret your dream, and the rest is history. Now, what I think is really unique about God, I think God's just amazingly unique. But in life, a lot of times we search for the right contacts in life, right? If I can get this contact, I can get into this door or that door. Do you see where Joseph found his contact? In prison. 
Joseph found his contact in prison, which shows me that God can and do anything, any way that he wants that blows our mind because he's God and we're not. His thoughts are way past our thoughts, definitely past my thoughts. But we see God using that. God did this in an unexpected way, and God does things in unexpected places. So we see that he interprets the king's dream, and he does it right. So now Joseph is being released from prison, and we see that in um, chapter 41, verse 46. And we see now that Joseph now is being promoted to the second highest position in Egypt. Talking about a roller coaster of a life. Now he is being promoted to the second in charge of Egypt at the age of 30 years old. He has been assigned this huge task of saving the nation of Egypt from this famine that was about to break out. And as we read along, we see that Joseph handled that task to perfection. We see in the process that he was used by God to bring restoration to his family and to also save the nation of Israel. We see that Joseph's status changed from son to slave to this executive to this prisoner to now being second in charge. We see him changing statuses, but the one thing that doesn't change is God being with him. That's what we've got to understand in our life. That is one constant thing that doesn't change is God is with us. No matter what goes on in your life, no matter what comes your way, the consistent, constant thing is God in our life. Acts chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. I'll read it to you real quick. Acts chapter 7, verses 9 and 10 says this, And the patriarchs, moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt. Pretty bad, right? Well, let me finish this. But God was with him and delivered him out of his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Yeah, they sold him, but God was with him. They rejected him, but God was with him. They betrayed him, but God was with him. They threw him in prison, but God was with him. So we see in this story, and we can relate to this because this is an actual story that happened. And your story might not be word for word what Joseph goes through. But we all have those things that take us the highs and the lows, the hills and the valleys, the mountaintop and the valleys. We have those. But the one constant thing is that God was with him and God is with you as a child of God. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are now a child of God. And the Bible is clear that he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And he knows what's going on. In life, we're guilty of having a plan. It's not a bad thing. 
until it changes, right? Plans are not bad. The, the, one of the worst things, and this is me, is if I'm trying to get somewhere and then I see those road work ahead signs or detour ahead signs, I'm like, I know how, I know I need to get there. Now you're taking me around. We have plans until they change. We have goals that we want to do, and we have a way that we think things should go. But understand, life sometimes have detours. Sometimes in life, we must take the long, uncomfortable roads of life. It's not always the way we plan it, but understand this. God designs detours in our lives. God designs detours in our life to teach us. And this was something that is really hard to understand, but it is true. Understand this, that things may get worse before things get better. That's life. We want it all smooth, but the reality is sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. Christians must realize that no matter what happens in our life, we can always have confidence knowing that God is in ultimate control. God's using this story of Joseph's life to show his works in the grand scheme of things. God knows every detail of our lives. Psalms 84, 11 tells us that no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He's a good father at that. He's not just a father. He's a perfect, good, holy, righteous, just father. You fathers know how well you want to take care of your kids. And what are we? We're sinful humans. God is so much more than that. So God will take care of us. The lessons that we can learn from Joseph's life are powerful. But here's the thing. We can read these stories and we can look at them, but until we practice those things, then it's useless. If we're going to say, yeah, that's about Joseph, but I don't know about my life. Man, I was so guilty of that so many times. Hey, I know he'll bless Joseph, but I don't know about me. I know he's got it for Anthony, but I don't know about me. I know Mike, he's got you, but I don't know. We have a hard time sometimes applying it to ourselves. We have that issue. But understand that God is with you. And let's look at chapter 45 at the end of the story of Joseph. Toward the end. Genesis 45, verses 5 and 8. It says, Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve light. Who sent? God. Right? Verse 8. So now it was not you that sent hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Who? God did that. It was God that did that. 
And Joseph understood that all the events that had happened in his life were according to God's plan. You can also have that faith today that God has a plan for you and that he is currently right now working on you. And understand that God is not done. So we need to be patient and allow God to direct our life. Now in closing, you know, there is a lot of parallels with Joseph and Jesus. A lot of parallels in this. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, and I'll just share with what, where my heart went. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. It says, but as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. So we see this story that what they meant for evil, we see God meant those things for good. Why? So much people could be saved. And so I, that word evil, just keep, was in my mind. And I was thinking, wow, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of evil, my mind goes to sin. But then my mind went, well, wow, I went to the cross of Jesus. My sin was what put him on the cross. And I thought, wow, the, the cross just humiliating Jesus and, and beating him and spitting on him and whipping him and killing him and crucifying him. Wow, that's awful. That's just that's terrible. That's evil. And we can look at it and think how awful that was. But because of that, because of Jesus dying on the cross for sins, there was a way made to save people. So if God can take those nasty, awful, evil things, the life of Joseph, all those things. Then I think about Jesus, him being on the cross and him going through that. But because he went through that, people now have a way to be saved and have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Praise God. Now, listen here. If you've not heard one thing today, listen now. God loves you and desires a deep personal relationship with you. But sin separates us from God. So you cannot have a relationship with God because of sin. Sin must be somehow removed or paid for. And here's the really cool thing about God. God made a way. As usual, God made a way. He showed his love for us. And as the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm inviting you this morning, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'm inviting you this morning to believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, a relationship with God on this earth and also in eternity. You can do that today. This morning, 
If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, your sin separates you from God. But here's the cool thing. It can be removed today because Jesus Christ paid for them by giving his life. And if you put your faith and trust in him today, you can be saved and have a relationship with God. Now, believer, I know we went through a lot as far as the life of Joseph. If I could sum this up into a simple message. Believer, trust God with the details of your life, no matter the circumstances. No matter the circumstances, are you trusting God with all the details of your life, no matter what happens? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you, God, for who you are. You're such a good God. And Father, it's you that draws people. It's you that gives the increase, God. And so this is your time. It's all your time, Father. Trusting you that you'll work in our, in our lives, Father, and you'll do things even whenever we don't see the things that you're doing. Sometimes we don't see everything because we want to see it with our own eyes, but sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes we have to go through different things, God. But I thank you, God, for always being a God that's in control and always working on us, Father. Draw your people. Draw those that are lost to you. And we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.